1: Well, here we are. It is the last day of the trading week and it is the last call for the week. And to help me round things out, I am joined by two of our favourite guests, Rudy Philip Van Dyke from FN Arena. G'day, Rudy. I'm not here to help him at all. I'm here to help myself. Yeah. And the viewers. <laughs> here to hinder, perhaps, if I'm <laughs> if I'm being picky. And we've also got Claude Walker from A Rich Life joining us live via Skype. Always good to see you, Claude. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to helping. Yes, it should be a good show. It is my last show as host before I hand you back to the capable hands of David Koch. So let's have a little bit of fun, shall we? Uh, let's before, in fact, we get into our stocks that have been suggested by you. Let's talk about Fisher & Paykel. This is a uh, pandemic stock, is it not? Uh, a company that did very well as uh, you know the world rushed to get its hands on ventilators. Well, we know how some of those countries have handled that response not well. And that has been good news for these guys. So I guess a bit of a silver lining there. Uh, In fact, shares doing very well today. The company saying that revenue up about 113% for the first nine months and very good hardware sales. Rudy, this is just, uh, I guess I've got mixed emotions about this. On one hand, it's great to see a company do so well, but the reason for it doing well is perhaps a bit depressing. Is that because it's a New Zealand company? Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that too. That, that makes it
0: even worse. I, I, I think this is an this is ideal step in to, to look at the broader market, basically. Stocks like, like fish and pike or have healthcare have been punished for the fact that they were actually beneficiaries last year and over the past three months or so, uh, all the market attention has gone to, uh, to the ones that have not benefited in 2020. The mining stocks, the energy stocks, the banks. Um, and, and, and so stocks like a Fisher & Paykel Healthcare basically have be been held back for a while. Mm. Uh, there's another element in there as well, is that we've, we've had rising bond yields. And I think investors need to be aware that a stock like Fisher & Paykel Healthcare, which traditionally trades on higher multiples, they get, they're gonna get squ- squashed basically if bond yields move higher. So that was the other reason. Mm. <coughs> That's also the reason why I think investors should, should remain a little bit cautious with stocks like this mm. one. Um, because there's a general expectation. That's one of the consensus calls now in global markets that 2021 will see higher bond yields on average by Mm -hmm. the end of the year, Mm -hmm. Uh, which means that's a headwind for for Fisher & Paykel. Having said so, um, myth myth number one, stocks on high PE multiples are not by definition a sell. And I think we we see that again with Fisher & Paykel Healthcare. I'll I'll
1: extend that. Stocks on high PEs can actually be really
0: cheap. Can yeah, uh, yes, not yes, are. can no, yes, yes, is the exactly. key word there. That... It's all what comes next. Yes. And I think there's a similar story here as we saw with, for example, with Ansel uh, recently as well. Yeah. Those companies are still doing well. And the market is just being, well, you can call it silly, but the market in Australia in particular, it's a relatively small market. The focus of money is now so much on the, on the mining stocks and the banks that, there's, that these stocks actually drop away a little bit. Um, also, because there is that expectation of rising bond deals. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think you you can have this one in your portfolio. I prefer Resmed. Mm-hmm. Another great um, stock. A, a similar, and I'm assuming that Resmed today is up as well on in the back in, in the back, back stream of mm-hmm. this one, um, because Resmed also has more to offer. It it is it, basically moving in that telehealth uh, sector, and it's a large, much larger company as well. Um, these guys have had some court cases as. Uh, but there's, there's nothing wrong with um, Fish and Payco Healthcare in itself, um, though my preference is, has to be with West Med. It's. I need to push you for a buy, sell, or hold. If you hold it, keep holding it. What, but, what but would you, you do? <laughs> I'm going to keep pushing.
2: What would you do right now? I wouldn't chase Here's it here. $1,000. I it, wouldn't chase it here no? okay. uh,
0: for the reasons I've, I've pointed out earlier. Okay. But if this stock at some point, um, I mean, I'm a, little bit un- I'm a little bit less comfortable with the- what the market is doing at the moment. So I'm thinking there's a correction coming. If that correction comes, that this could be one of the stocks that you could, you could snap up.
1: Okay, fair enough. Hey, Claude, what do you think? This is a business that um, I know you've tracked for a, a little while. It's had a phenomenal history. I mean, the pandemic has certainly been a, a tailwind for them. But even prior to that, this business was doing extremely well. Uh, would you buy it today?
2: <coughs> well, I wouldn't buy it today. No. Uh, But I do think it is a decent quality healthcare stock, definitely one worth investing time in understanding and keeping an eye on. Um, As we sort of saw with this announcement today, uh, the hospital hardware has grown 446%. Now, I think you can safely say that that is not sustainable growth rate. Um, So and if anything, you might actually see because a lot of that's to do with like respirators and breathing equipment and stuff like that. A lot of that may actually come straight down. Then, on the other hand, you've got hospital consumables, which grew at 54%, which I suspect being consumables and also given that, you know, COVID, I think, will change the way some hospitals do things. I think that that's more likely to be the uh, at least a sustainable gain and something they can build on. Um, so, and then, and then we move to looking at price. Well, it's a big, big enough company. I'd call it a mega cap, but I won't try and push that on you. Um, $17 billion market cap. Um th- this seemed like a really obvious stock to buy in the in the March panic and it's up 50% since then. However, you know, that just sort of shows that it's a big it's a big stock. Um I think the the real the real question is uh it's now trading about 30% above its pre-pandemic price. Do we really think it's sort of improved in value that much since then? Well, I guess it's arguable, but it doesn't it doesn't seem like it. It does seem like that the market has acknowledged the benefits that the company has gained over the last year. So as a result, I don't see any mispricing. So that, that's why I land on hold as well. Okay,
1: so yeah, just concerns over pricing there. And please remember pl- those playing at home. This is not a company that makes dishwashers and refrigerators. That is a different company. That that was a parent company at one stage. It was, now owned by a Chinese company, I believe. Yes, they are. So there you go, so yes, you are buying. There was an
0: an interesting story there. It's all about the ventilators that also come from the the machines.
1: It is is fascinating, in fact. And um, thank you to Wikipedia for making me look smart on that one there for a quick (laughs) Google search. Um, Let's talk uh, BHP Billiton. Claude, I'll start with you first. BHP, now this is one that I I know as a, a, look, you were calling other companies mega caps. So I'm not sure what we're gonna call BHP here, a very, very large company. And I know
2: it's Once not- Once they to a certain level, they're just all mega caps to me.
1: <laughs> that's right. So so for that reason, it's probably not one that you focus on. It's also in the material space. And again, I know that's not an area that you like to fish in, um, but could could you make the case for those that are so inclined to mega capped resource-based companies?
2: Uh, I mean, I you can always make a short-term trading case. And right now what we're seeing with the massive stimulus um, is that the money printing is putting pushing uh, commodity prices up. There's every reason to believe. You know, all the commodities, not just I know, but a lot of different commodities are going really hot at the moment, and that is obviously benefiting BHP. But I will make a case with this stock, which is essentially that it, it is probably now a sell. So if you look at the a 10-year share price of this, I don't know if we can get that up, but the share price is only about 20% above where it was 10 years ago. Now, yes, you've gotten there uh, that's just the one year but in the in the 10 year it sort of almost looks similar right and um basically all you've got is the dividends so maybe it's a decent dividend play right now it's riding high on massive iron ore prices it's currently been receiving in the most recent harvest receiving 30 percent more for iron ore than they did last year now i think that the general cycle that you see with um mining companies is they do well for a while when commodities go up then they're going to take that cash or pay off some debt which is what they've done and then they can borrow again to buy other assets so we may be at that part of the cycle where they're going to start buying other assets again in which case i just think we're a little bit too close to the top of the cycle for commodities for bhp to be a great buy i don't think it'll be terrible if you buy and hold forever you'll probably keep getting a dividend and then the cycle come around again so it doesn't matter too much there but it, it doesn't look good to me from even like a medium or long-term hold. And and all, uh, what it comes back to, is, I guess, the thematic for the next three stocks is that if I want exposure to commodities, then I'm looking for stuff that has better economics that still has exposure. So a good example instead of BHP would be RPM Global, which is ticker is R-U-L, which is a stock that I recommended years ago now. Um, and, and it's only gone from strength to strength since then because it has a good software model like it is the one providing software to a whole bunch of mining pet companies BHP Rio Tinto Vale Glencore a whole lot of them it doesn't matter which one of them is winning it doesn't matter too much if the commodity prices are up or down yes it's easier to sell when commodity prices are up but you're going to keep on getting those software recurring uh fees anyway so that's the kind of play i prefer in mining okay
1: yeah you About know what that- interesting that one did come up in on the show i want to say last week i think owen might have uh, answered that one too but yeah very interesting stock i agree but in terms of bhp rudy is it one that you like i think it's it's
0: um i mean i've 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 been coming on the show for quite a while now i think it's it's very telling that this is the first time that bhp pops up and uh, i'm pretty certain that is because claude sort of um, hinted at it but let me show you my age BHP peaked at $50 in 2007, late 2007. It came back to 49 in 2011, and it's only now getting to 46 47 um, You mean
1: $15?
0: No, 50.
1: $50. No, so 15 then back to... It went to,
0: it went to 13 13 okay. Yep. Very, very right, close right, to right, 13 right. So what this means, I've never understood that people say like, this has to be a portfolio constituent. I go, like why? because there are times when you own it and there are times when you don't own it and the don't own it is as important as the times that you own it i
1: could not mm-hmm. agree more mm-hmm. you hear that a lot of people say oh, yeah. you have to have exposure yeah. to retail oh, no. you have to have exposure. well why exactly why mm-hmm. <laughs> just for the sake of because it as,
0: as claude points out if if you held on since since even 2011 which is after the gfc mm. you would have no net return unless you you, you piled back in or mm. dollar averaging down on, on the way down. But, but anyway, long, long story short, I slightly disagree with, with, with Claude on this one, in that um, there are times when, when you can own those stocks, and I think this is one of those times. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a general consensus that we will, we will see uh, at least for, for a couple of months, if not a little bit longer, uh, this uptrend in recovery globally, and that will, all else being equal, is translating into positive response in commodity prices even if the iron ore price comes down from here and it's really, really high, uh, the cash that falls into the coffers of the likes of Fortescue, Rio, BHP, it's absolutely enormous. These guys are swimming in cash and the mistake they're not going to repeat is to to invest all of that in expanding their their production, basically. So they are going to give it to shareholders, Uh, which basically means relatively high dividend, probably share buybacks, probably special dividends. Mm-hmm. Um, if in 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 this month, analysts who cover that sector are upgrading their prices, that means the, the price targets go up, the valuations go up. For the first time in 12 years, the price targets and valuations are now going past the $50 that we've seen in late 2007. And I actually think that they that, that, that probably will get there under on, okay. on a positive scenario. Yep. Um, it's not gonna be Straightforward um, if we do get interruptions every once in a while, the volatility is probably going to be there. It's a mining stock, mm-hmm. but having said so, given that investors are now really really fixated on that reopening trade, there's probably an argument to be made that BHP will, will, will drop less than many of the other stocks, like Fischer or Healthcare, for example, just mm-hmm. because of the current context. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I would say, yes, you can have you can you can buy this one here. Have a little bit of a stomach for volatility, which will come eventually. But
1: although that's that's true, although I would yes. I would say that is true. If, no matter what you buy on the ASX, you need to have. You, you you point to me one stock that doesn't have volatility. You know, it just it doesn't exist, right? Well, Different degrees uh, yes, of volatility. Right, yes, 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 yes,
0: I mean, there was a difference between falling by thirty percent or falling by thirteen. I would say.
1: Yes, that is true. Um, and and that that. But of the most of blue stocks yeah. they still have these huge drawdowns. Sometimes, but but less so. That's, right? That is, but, true. but less so. we probably, we're probably and, you do, yeah. and,
0: and you do get your dividends. And but I think the mistake not to be made is here is assuming mm-hmm. that iron ore price will stay where it is. Yeah. And, and the BHP share price is not necessarily, well, I would argue, it's not gonna to go to $80 or something. Okay,
1: so that was sent in by Dave. Dave, hopefully it has helped you. Gents, we're two stocks <clears> in and I'm gonna show the yellow card <laughs> already, okay? We've got some other stocks to get through. I can see, uh, it's not my first rodeo. I can see how this is going. So let's, let's try and go with uh, a couple minute uh, answers if we can. I know it's hard, but uh, Rudy- The, the answer's sto- no. The answer's no. <laughs> Well, maybe a bit longer than two seconds. Oh, okay. Strike Energy. Yes. Maggie wants to know, STX yes. is the code. Yes. This is much more, a uh, yes. very oh, different company yes. from BHP. Yeah. Uh, I'll, 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 try,
0: I'll try to do as fast as possible. No. No. Okay, done. <laughs> Tick. Um, if you want it, Maggie, if you want to invest in, in, in stocks like, like energy stocks. By the way, long-term structural decline is now happening. This year, positive. That's probably a blip in a long-term uh, downtrend. So you have to be careful. Just like with the BHP, don't stay the course for too long. My best advice I can give you is when you inv- invest is a big word. Um, when you do a stock like strike, you have to immerse yourself in whatever they're doing. When are the next announcements coming? The drilling results, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because you have to know what's coming for those companies because they fall by 50% in a day if bad news comes out and they can double in share price uh, if, if, if well, good l- news comes Let me, comes me layer out.
1: on top of that. You don't have to do that, Rudy. <laughs> but bear in mind that you're competing against people who do do that. And, you know, it's that old saying, if yes. you don't know who the patsy at the table is, yeah, then it's you. It's you, yes. right? So, yes. so don't be the patsy.
0: Although I would say with a stock like Strike, I don't think too many people are researching that one. I mean, it's... And anyway, long story short, if you want to go in that sector, I, I have said a couple of times and I, I can repeat it again, I think Cenex Energy is, a, is a Cenex. less risky better proposition for uh, for a little bit of a longer longer term hold Mm -hmm. uh this one is you 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 better make sure that you can you can stomach volatility and that you know what's coming from the from the company itself okay maggie hope that helps
1: you uh maybe check out Senex and say because rudy's not going to buy this one would you buy this one claude i'm going to guess i'm going to guess no but maybe i'll let you tell me why
2: No although I'll give you a little fun fact right in my very very early days of investing i before I sort of decided that I was generally going to avoid resource companies I did actually briefly own shares in strike um don't know why I think it was a silly thing to do We've and all I probably lost money on it <laughs> but um uh yeah so basically these guys are an explorer it's it's super risky I'm guessing that the a lot of the retail in the, uh, interest in the stock comes from the fact that um uh, Nev Power was sort of previously on the board. Uh, Neville Power obviously has then become the COVID commission boss. So, and he had um, has lots of shares in um, Strike Energy and, you know, he's been a buyer. So, basically, is this the guy you know, that
1: recommended a gas
2: led recovery? Yes. yes. Oh, that's that interesting. Be, that's that, that's, that yeah. seems yeah. like
1: a really interesting coincidence. Please, yeah, it's super continue.
2: coincidental and like fortunate, fortunate as well for um, <laughs> strike shareholders. You can anyway, tell so this is your I, last shot. It's my last shot. So what I like, You
0: can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah,
2: sorry, Claude, go ahead <laughs> I definitely look. Look, I definitely think that that's probably like actually. You know what? If you'd actually just bought shares in Strike Energy as soon as uh, Neville Power joined the um COVID commission thing you, you were be sitting on some good gains right yeah so just that sentiment just the sentiment like oh there's going to be a gasoline recovery it's going to be good for strike that has been what's driven the share price up right mm-hmm. and now you have a situation where they've, they're borrowing money and they're going to use that money to drill wells so if they buy if they hit gas or or find what they're looking for then um you know there's every chance the share price keeps on powering from here because you know they're probably reasonably well process uh positioned to make the most of that um but it's a pure speculation we don't know what's under the ground and um you know the long term it'd be it'd be good to um it'd be good to see in the long term like yeah in the last five years it's doubled but that's all just happened on the sentiment in the recent in the recent times so
1: claude we
0: have um, seven more stocks (laughs)
2: yeah
1: that, that's a no for me <laughs> that's a no <laughs> all right well i'll give you another one that we, we can wax lyrical i want a similar theme here let's talk about rare earths yes So let's talk about linus marianas wants to know these guys i think have lost money every single year by two it's got a great narrative to mm. it it's got a phenomenal mm. narrative to it it's just never made any money this is a really interesting thing well sorry i think it did make money for a, a couple of years there um this was above 20 bucks a share, not that long ago, when this narrative first started doing the rounds of And it
0: was at 16 or 17 cents on the other end of the spectrum. On the other end. And,
1: and this this is, you being in the market for a little while, you see this all of the time. There's a nugget of truth to any bubble, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, and, the, and the behind this sort of rare earth story, there's a real, there's a lot of good, yes. sound, sensible reason to expect a huge demand in these things. But it's very first order thinking, and eventually, when the cash flow doesn't appear, mm. and doesn't look like it's appeared yet, mm. there's only one thing left to give. So Rudy let you uh, have and first then, crack. And, of-
0: and, and they've made a lot of management mistakes. Oh they've my made, gosh. Made, I mean, the list is very long. Anyway, the hope springs f- eternal. Maybe, yes, maybe yes. this time it's different. Exactly. And, on, and, I'm, and I'm guessing that on, on that premise, this stock has been bought, or at least has mm-hmm. the interest. The most ideal situation here is that you actually own it and that you've, you've bought it at, at a lower level, and so you have some comfort in, in, in your investment. Um, personally, I think you, you, but I'm assuming that if you buy this stock, you're, you, you, you are speculating and that's your risk profile, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I personally am positively biased to this one mm-hmm. on, the, on all, the, all the stories that are going around, there are not many producers around, et cetera, et cetera, yep. et cetera. Yep. So I would basically be inclined to ride out the volatility and um, put a pain limit somewhere that if if the story goes wrong at some at some stage that you don't stay on board until it hits nine cents again. Um, But I mean, just for this, just believe in in the long term uh, and that 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 management is not going to make any mistakes. So um, I'm not going to say a buy because I don't want this to go into the portfolio. Mm. Uh, but a speculative hold, I would make it. A
1: speculative hold. Okay. With, with,
0: a, with a long-term view and you, and you don't hold your breath. Okay.
1: Right?
2: <laughs> a ringing endorsement there from, from Rudy. Hey, Claude, what, what do you think? Uh, look, it's a really tough business there in the business of mining these rare earth stuff and then processing it. The processing is a really difficult and sort of dirty way to do it. So it's a tough business right there. I don't know why what the attraction is with tough businesses. I guess it's all mostly like short term focused. You know, there's this great uh, electric car thesis and and that's going to drive a requirement for earths. Typically, miners just don't make that much money throughout the cycle. Like. You, it's just you've got to get on and you got to get off and it's really hard to tell where we are in that cycle without being an absolute expert in the commodity like five years doesn't capture it you know i'm one of the younger uh people that talk about stocks and yeah i remember when this was 20 dollars, and i remember when you know rare earths was the next big thing and, and this is down 75 percent 10 years later so yeah it's, it's hard for me to i i guess like if you're on for the ride now then there's no reason to get off right until until the share price starts falling until the narrative starts breaking but if you were thinking of getting on now um then you could well be towards the end of the run i just don't know um if i wanted to get this kind of exposure i'd go for one of the more established profitable um mining companies like Albemarle, which is a us listed one Mm -hmm. mines lithium um this one is just uh, more speculative than needs to be for me so uh, look i'll give it a speculative hold like rudy but i guess for me it would probably be a sell yeah. as very as soon as the share price started going down i would sell it
1: yeah i i, I hear what you're saying the, uh, I, one wrinkle to that or one challenge I would put towards that is I hear that a lot it's like yeah I get it it's really tough but it's going up but I'll just sell it when it goes down the trouble is is like when everyone rushes for the exit at the same time you know we sort of say I'll do that and it's like by the time you do it you're still selling out at a 30% drop potentially here um so so just you know stay close to the exit I guess
2: yeah Um, that's why I don't generally do this kind of play myself basically like I like to have my own not just be following the crowd there but uh, some people make money trend following it it can work
1: that, that's true. That is true. Different horses for courses. And it's a very good point. Hey, before we go on, I should have mentioned this at the top of the show. Uh, we are asked st- on Fridays, we stream live on Twitter and Facebook. So a special hello to those following us on social media. Uh, Claude, I'll give you a first crack of this one. We're going to go outside of the uh, the commodity space. We're going to talk about a company called Ike GPS is I think how you say it. Um, it's I-K-E is the code. Anthony wants to know. This is GPS capture devices. So uh, early stage business. Business again, one of those areas where you can probably potentially see a lot of growth, but very early stage.
2: What do you? Yeah, think? so basically, um, I'm glad I'm glad this one has came up um, because uh, basically it's like a really interesting little company. So it's a smaller company, I think, about 140 million dollar market cap. Uh, recently raised capital, so it's got cash to grow. What it does essentially um, is it has data capture technology that is specifically about measuring sort of things like uh telegraph poles um other like major assets like uh, uh phone towers uh fiber fiber optic boxes the exchanges and stuff like that and they basically have a system where you know they they can scan all of this stuff and, and keep an eye on it and, and basically help companies that own these big networks uh, basically to allow them to Uh, assess, monitor, and then build out those networks more quickly, cost-efficiently, and safely. So they have, it's a business-to-business, ultimately it's a business-to-business, essentially a software company, although some hardware is involved. and it has large customers you have every reason to believe that once they start winning those customers and helping those customers and becoming part of those customers workflows they get sticky revenues right so this mm. is the sort of quality of business that i am interested in i do not own shares in this one but i have owned shares in the past because it is a good like it's a decent quality business now it's also the other interesting thing is because it just raised capital at 64 cents per share then it's becoming more liquid on the asx and generally that can put it on the radar of more people. So that's also probably in the positive as well. The negative here is it has run up a decent amount now. Like, so uh, on trailing rev- subscription revenue, looking only at subscription revenue, it's tra- it's on about 20 times revenue there. Look, you can easily see that growing. It has been growing, it got, a, it got set back by COVID, but it has been growing before that and it pro- probably will in the future. You can see this growing into its currently valuation. Um, definitely, it's on, it's on my watch list. I don't own shares. Um, very hesitant to give something a buy when I don't own shares in it. But oh, it's it's probably one of the best quality or most interesting stocks in this um, on this show. So I I tempted to give it a speculative buy there, but with the caveat that I do not own shares myself, and I myself am, am waiting for so, sort of lower prices when it's a little bit. I well, I, one okay. of the
1: one of the things I love about you, Claude. Is always full disclosure, which is uh, sadly lacking a lot of the time in this uh, industry here. But so I, I do appreciate that. And uh, and for viewers at home, a lot of context there for you to consider. What do you reckon, Rudy? I'm going to say it's probably too small for you.
0: The full disclosure: I do not own shares in this company. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 almost like I'm I can say like I'm going to the Tokyo Olympics. I mean, what does that tell you? Nothing. I mean, I could be a basketball player. I could be something else right and it's in, in the share market people people always underestimate this small companies they have always great well usually they have always great stories but, and also they start from scratch so they always make progress in the early days and and, and it's the story that carries it and then at some point it just disappears most mm-hmm. of the time and the statistics are actually against you if you stay on board for for longer because most small companies even though it sounds here, but it isn't they never grow up into medium-sized companies. And medium-sized companies very seldom make it into large companies. Right? And there's a reason for that. It's much much more difficult than you think that you would expect from from the, from the from the pure figures. So what I'm trying to say a little bit in a convoluted way is if you're dabbling around in these really, really micro-cap stocks, you really have to create experience and a taste for it and, 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 and your own little ways of doing this because otherwise you are going to lose money it's that simple and if if you if you're not that experienced person stay with the mid caps i would say and don't go don't go into the very dark corners
1: of the market okay yes yeah, uh,
2: I, uh, I agree with that as well i think mid caps are a safer place to play than these tiny little ones i completely yeah. endorse what rudy just said you're yep. you, ready. Yep, no Thank worries you, at all.
1: And I will just point out
2: to... I Full just,
0: disclosure, I,
1: we have not discussed this before the program. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, I just brought this one up. There's been zero trades that have gone through this today. Yeah. So it is, uh, yeah. as Claude said, getting more liquid, but still quite illiquid. And be, something. be careful for the lobster pot. Yes, there mm. you go. Um, okay, let's go to a, a company that's uh, more than 10 times bigger Claude uh, Bigger Cheese. Now, this is a business that has really not done much in recent years, although... I did notice that I had a look at the forecasts that are out there. Consensus forecast is for earnings to grow really, really, really rapidly after not doing anything for a while. I don't follow the company close enough, but I'm sure there's a very good reason mm-hmm. that this low-growth company is trading at a P of 37. So maybe you, maybe you guys can enlighten me.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, we can start with the reason for that, which is that I'm going to use my guess is that they spent um, 400, and, uh, 534 million dollars buying. Um, lion, dairies, and drinks. So it looks like that growth is yep. acquisition-led. Gotcha. Um, so n- don't get too excited about it from uh, <laughs> <in> that perspective. <laughs> um, on the plus side, I guess we have seen director buying. So like the, there are some insiders that think that they've made a good move um, with the sort of cap raising and, and acquisition. Um, and look, sometimes with this sort of uh, business that is sort of, I guess you'd call it like food manufacturing, Scale can be an advantage, right? Mm. Um, it gives you more power with your um, your customers because they maybe can't replace you so easily. Um, if you're very big, it also gives you economies of scale. So it's not necessarily a bad... like I wouldn't say it's a bad thing that it is growing by acquisition in and of itself, but it's just so hard for me to see how these guys are going to get any like true organic growth or sustained organic growth at least beyond know you know the uh, you know, general population of australia so mm. um for that reason I'm, I'm i i couldn't even i couldn't even definitely couldn't give it a buy I, i'd struggle to give it a sell um i've got a long memory I, I remember some pretty uh untoward stuff coming up around um bigger management and stuff so ooh, yeah i will not i won't give it a sell but hold and i feel like i'm being generous
1: okay a generous hold there it's interesting, isn't it, really, with acquisitions? Because the stat that I've quoted for many years, which I assume is still true, but it, it, the, the study that was done a while back was that of all acquisitions, one third add value, one third don't do anything, and one third destroy shareholder value. So in yes. other words, two thirds of the time, it doesn't actually do anything for you as a shareholder. So, yes. And yet we're always very positively disposed mm-hmm. to it. Is yes. there an exception potentially to that rule? here? Um, it could be. Um
0: and you're right, there are transformative acquisitions that happen every once in a while. Um, and then, most often, you're right, right. Dana EDI is one that comes to mind. Good example. Uh, yep. BHP and Rio in the past, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? yep. um, I think in this case, I, I, I differ slightly from from, uh, um, from Claude. I think this company needs to change its name. I think they will change their name. Uh, they've well outgrown uh, the fact that they had a cheese factory and, 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 and got some dairy products into us. Um, these guys also own um, Vegemite these days, which shows us the ambition. They see themselves as a, as a food conglomerate mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. and they're building on that on that ambition. So they, they, they intend to become a much larger company with much broader range, and obviously this is a coup. The share price is actually quite cheap in, in, in comparison to what they potentially are expected to achieve on, on, on analyst forecasts. And, and yes, you're right, um, after this year, the growth is expected to be like 3% or something. So the market is not necessarily year one, yes, mm. next is, is that they're waiting. So I would see this as a proposition that if, if they get it right, the share price will, 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 will really spike a lot higher. Mm-hmm. I, would, up, I think easily 20, 25%. Mm. The reason that that's not happening here is because the market, understandably so, is cautious and is, is waiting for what is yet to come. Because this is, for them, is a very large acquisition. Yeah. And betting down very large acquisitions, if you're a, a, a medium-sized company, that's not that's not a given. I mean, it's
1: a cha- it is always a challenge, yes, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yep. And so, okay. uh,
0: so, buying here is basically taking a, taking a punt on management will get it right. Okay. And there's not, not too much is going to go wrong. So on that basis, you can, but you have to be realizing that the risk can also be the other side. If they disappoint, then the share price will probably go lower and then sit there for a while because market doesn't like disappointments. So, so are you going to buy? Um, I think you can you can buy here on the premise that they get it right um, and 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 on that premise the share price is, is, is hanging in there somewhere uh-huh. waiting for what is yet to come.
1: Alrighty. Okay. Well, that takes us to the halfway mark. Let's do a very quick recap here. We started off with Fisher and Paykel a business has got an incredible long-term history. It really great 2020 and this year's looking 2020 uh, financial year 21 is looking to shaping up to be wonderful as well but it's kind of in the price so that was a hold from both of our experts bhp group uh at top of the cycle for claude uh a buy though from rudy thinking there's still some more upside to be had we then went to strike energy gas exploration development structural headwinds speculative uh, nature rah 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 Long story short, double sell there, double thumbs down. That was pretty much the case too with Linus. In fact, we probably got a little bit notch up from that, which the guys uh, called a speculative hold, uh, which is, you know, about the most generous that we could get out of them. Uh, So, you know, read between the lines there. Uh, Like GPS, this is a business that, uh, as Claude made a really um, interesting case for here, there is actually some really nice uh, economics in terms of their business model here if they get it right, but uh, it is in the price uh, potentially there. So it was a speculative buy at best from Claude and for Rudy way too small and very, very illiquid. And then we talked about bag- bigger cheese. This is all about acquisition led growth, which we know can be a bit of a challenge. Uh, Rudy thinks that the management is probably worth backing at this point, but for Claude, it was a hold. What does that mean? Well, Regular viewers of the show will know that we run our own portfolio here, and whenever we get two thumbs up, we buy the stock, and uh, it's a pretty simple system. If we don't get any, if we get anything other than uh, two thumbs up, we sell it. Let's see how it's gone since our financial year to date. Not bad. I want to say anecdotally, I probably should have done some more research on this, but I want to say that's the highest level it's been. It's certainly up there. Let's call it 27 percent, which is just phenomenal. And in the last week and month doing really just um, surging ahead, which is great to see. We added Whitehawk just this week. It's a nice, uh, very interesting uh, cybersecurity company. Grange Resources down in Tasmania that got uh, added in as well. Uh, I think, believe that was Maytham and uh, Gaurav that added that one in. We had an ETF special on Wednesday and uh, that's still online if anyone is interested in ETFs. Uh, the BNKS BetaShares Global Banks ETF was added. Objective Corp and Magellan added in uh, prior weeks there as well. There's the website. Go check it out. Lots of interesting uh, stocks to consider. Let's get into the back half of the show. Friendly reminder that uh, time is of the essence, gentlemen. Uh, Claude, I'll start with you here. Ridley Corporation, RIC. Kathy wants to know uh, animal nutrition, but I guess you should probably think beyond multivitamins for cats and dogs. This is more sort of agricultural feedstock kind of products, yeah.
2: Yeah, sorry. I think my face was giving away how I feel about this stock for a minute. Like this, I just I like struggling to find something nice to say about it. Basically, um, the. This is a capital intensive business. It is obviously dependent on like animal farming. Um, it's Having farmers as customers is not the ideal situation um, for anybody. Um, and because you know, you just can go up and down and, and be impacted by so many things. You know, that farmers have heaps of debt, they can go bankrupt, you can they can not pay your whole sort of thing can go wrong. And then if we just look at the financials, it, it, there's why, why, why the, the revenue is pretty much flat in the last four or five years profit is down dividends down from about four cents to 1.5 cents. I mean, I can't believe the share price has been as resilient as it has. It's, uh, it completely lost on me. Um, I'm probably going to have to give it a sell. Uh, but I guess if somebody, you know, I'm not, tr- I'm not an expert on farming stocks. So I, I want to put that caveat out there. This is outside my circle of competence because my filters filter out this company in about 10 different ways. Mm. And, and I wouldn't buy it for that reason, basically.
1: OK, pretty um, well, P- pretty Claude did mince his words there. No, no. Uh, what, what do you reckon? A little
0: bit less negative, but uh, in, in, in general terms, yes. As we as we all know, I'm, I'm very much an advocate of managing risk and reducing risk in your portfolio because the share market itself is is risky in itself. Um, Ridley uh, its completely fallen off my radar over the years. Uh, why is that? Because it has had a really checkered history. Bad management uh, and et cetera, et cetera, The reason why the share price is where it is, is because they've actually restructured. They've sold assets, they restructured assets, mm-hmm. and they are believed to be potentially on, on, on the better way forward. A so, fresh management team? Yes, all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, less assets, better run assets, etc. Um, having said so, I, I still can't get excited because it's the main it's it's salt and, and, and it's feedstock, uh, also for poultry and, and, and stuff. So um, I mean given as I always say I look also at the past of, of companies and if the past is so terrible then you I always take a grain of salt <laughs> when looking at the, the future. So I can't get excited here, but I can see it's almost a similar story basically as with biga cheese if you believe that this restructuring is, is going to is going to be profitable for them and that management is now going to do a
1: good thing then you're not buying a stock that is overly expensive um, i'm trying to remember the buffett quote something along the lines of they never turn they'd... around there's that. There. That's, an, that's very apt. And the other one I was thinking of is that when an industry with a poor reputation meets hmm. a management team with a great reputation, yes. it's the industries whose reputation remains yes. intact. Yes. In other words, you know, Yes. Oh, I'm, some, I'm, some places I'm, are much I'm, harder to yes, operate than others. And I'm
0: definitely, I'm definitely on. I mean, I always think that investors place way too much emphasis on the management team. Very seldom can the management team turn around the ship that's leaking. Yeah. Right.
1: and the other one is you want to you want a business an idiot can run because sooner or later an idiot's, idiots going to run the business. Well, maybe that's the case with Sonic Healthcare. I don't know yes. how's that for a segue, Claude. Yes. I'll go to you first for this one uh, as well. Medical diagnostics, pathology—they've done okay over the years. The uh, growth hasn't been knocking it out of the park kind of growth, but they've sort of been plotting along at upper single-digit kind of earnings. Is it one that you consider?
2: Yes, and this is actually the only stock today that I own shares in. Um, I'll tell you what I like about Sonic Healthless. Sonic Healthcare is like the modern-day Coca-Cola quality company. Let me explain. Buffett um, advocates love to talk about how quali- like Coca-Cola has such a great distribution network and brand, and it's got this old-school moat that allows it to keep growing. Um, well, Sonic Healthcare has something kind of similar, but in a, in a healthcare niche, which is a way better niche than drinks that'll make you fat and rot your teeth. And, um, that, that is that they, so obviously brand matters in medical testing, right? Like doctors want to know that they're setting, sending off the test to a reputable laboratory and Second of all, distribution network matters hugely, right? You've got all these samples. You have, it's not, no one can't just replicate this super easily because you need a distribution network. You need centralized labs. You need experts. You need even from the, to the person who takes the blood sample or whatever, they are specially trained. So it's not that easy to replicate. These guys are big. They have over 50 clinics worldwide doing um, high volume COVID PCR tests, right? This, where I messed up with this is, I was so eager to buy this as a beneficiary of COVID that I was buying at the end of February before the stock market crashed. So I didn't make nearly as much profit as I should have, but I'm still holding my shares because this has got this massive tail in pathology and radiology are both hugely important medical tools for human healthcare and the world is underserved. Like yes, in Australia, we're not necessarily underserved. We have a great healthcare system, but the world is underserved by these Mm. things. Companies like Sonic have so much more good to achieve in the world. I am not a buyer. Current prices has moved up quite a lot for obvious reasons, but I still hold my shares. I will sell my shares when the share price gets high enough, or when this, when this current tailwind fades away. Um, it's not going to be a super long term holding for me just because it's so big, but it is a stock I'm comfortable holding.
1: Okay, nice endorsement so there from, for me. from from Claude. Um, what do you think? We really? should, we should, we should. Frame
0: this in, we have disagreement now. Officially. Oh, okay. Oh. Now it's getting <laughs> interesting. I actually think pathology and imaging and all of that, what they do is actually, I'm not so sure whether it's such a great business, to be honest. The pressure is, is that in particular in Australia, you see the pressure of, on the operations and there have been years when, when the government or someone else, the landlords or whatever, is putting pressure on the operations. Mm. And this is actually an acquisition-driven business. That's how they expanded their network over the years. So this is about being able to buy an unlisted company at lower multiples and then adding it to the network. Having said so, uh, it has performed much better than I have given it credit for in the past. It's I mean I I come from Cochlear, Resmed, and and the likes and. When you, then look, when you then look down on, on the Western sector, it's very difficult to get excited. But th- those guys are really global top. Having said so, this is, this is sub-top in Australia, and, and that's not a bad place to be mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. all else being equal. However, now owning the shares is basically making a prediction that uh, the testing they're doing... See, the, 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 the proposition is as follows. The usual tests are now basically not happening. And they're testing for COVID, and that the margin on COVID is much much higher. Now, the the proposition you're making now is that either the testing for COVID will go on for much longer, and maybe it will stay with us forever. Maybe that's 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 a some analysts are making that call. Mm-hmm. And if we make that call, then this share price will go a lot higher. Mm-hmm. It will be re-rated higher. But not everyone is yet willing to make that call. Mm-hmm. Or you make the the, the the call that when the normal operations recover again that there's, an, there's a pent-up demand and it will feed into their to their profits. Okay. That question is as yet unanswered, but that's crucial to the, to the outlook now beyond probably the next year or so. So, so I would say that's a hold with the eye on is that covert regime going to stay with us for longer or not? Mm. If the answer is no, then you have to sell today.
1: Okay. Okay. There you go. Uh, Chris sent that one in. Thanks for sending that in, Chris. Rudy, uh, first cab off the rank for this one, SEEK. Now Seek mm. is a company mm. that has just been a real Australian success story, yes. uh, and really uh, benefiting from the structural shift away from uh, the traditional classifieds to online, and the companies that have gone on to own that space have done remarkably well. Great story. Sales growing through the club.
0: and there's, but, an, there's another angle. There's another angle. There's, At one stage, I think it's around the period 1617, they got competition coming in in Australia, and they successfully restructured, realigned our business and fended off the competition, which is equally important because that shows you the quality of of, of
1: management and of the business model. And management are very high quality here as well. But what is interesting is we've seen the earnings falling. Well, there's a lot of interesting, but earnings have really fallen away at the same time that sales have continued to grow. You dig below the surface here. And this is a story of trying to uh, invest for growth, yes. and they're looking. You know, Australia is yes. only a pretty small market, yes. so you've got to grow elsewhere. So that's the question, is it not? For Seek, yes. can yes. can can will all of this investment pay off?
0: Yes, and that that basically is the question. When 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 people ask me, and I, I know that Claude mentioned the, the word quality a couple of times, and, and quality is one of those terms that's been used like oh, way too often in yeah. the share market. I mean, but I use quality for companies that basically invest in the future because. All the stocks, we, some of the stocks we've mentioned, like CSL, ResMed, Cochlear, they invest hundreds of millions oh, like, of dollars. Like to mean. 10 to 20% yes, of their sales, exactly. huge it amounts. Goes into, yeah. in goes in, and for example, a, uh, the banks and Telstra have not done that and, and they're going to pay for that mm-hmm. over next year, this year as an exception, but long, long, story, long story short, they are one of those examples that uh, have, are never shying away from saying like, listen, we're not going to make profits. We just have to invest in it. That's also how they fended off competition, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise they, they couldn't, wouldn't be able to do so. My, I mean, I don't own them. I own car sales and REA Group and they usually are being put together in that same, in that same basket success because they're all yeah. platform companies. They all have their own niche and they're all doing very, very good things. My reservation with with, uh, SEEK is that it has become increasingly a China story. Mm -hmm. That Zao Pin operation they have is pretty much now the dominant driver in that business. Mm. I don't have enough insights here in Australia into what exactly is happening in China, in particular with all the conflicts and the the tensions we have directly between Australia and China as well. so I have thus far been, been much more comfortable in owning car sales and REA goods. Okay. Um, if you're comfortable with China, I mean, they, they've had lots of plans. It's obviously, it's obviously going well, but mm-hmm. they need to make a lot of investments. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I would say it's, it's a hold at best.
1: A hold at best. And uh, what about you, Claude? Again, just um, a friendly reminder of the time here. But what do you think of Seek?
2: Well, I won't rehash what Rudy said, other than to say he's extremely wise, in my opinion, to prefer car sales and realestate.com.au over Seek. Now, let me explain why on a high level that is going to be a framework you can use for any of these network effect companies in any market, right? So a network effect is created when you you have more buyers of cars coming to car sales than anyone else. So you have more sellers of cars coming to car sales than anyone else. It's very hard for other people to compete against that. Now, notwithstanding the fact Seek has been able to fend off competition in the past, the actual economics of the market that Seek operates in is not nearly as good as either car sales or realestate.com.au. Realestate.com.au has the best economics because cars are so because houses are so expensive. It's very easy for them to make lots of money off these huge transactions, often the biggest transaction someone will do in their life, right? So it really matters you're likely to advertise in multiple places and you definitely want to pay top dollar to get the most views cars cars sits in the middle cars aren't as expensive, but you're only going to sell your car once and you probably don't need to advertise it on multiple places. But with getting a job, if you're applying for jobs, you're going to be looking everywhere. The same person is much more likely to check out different websites to look for a job, many websites rather than just go to carsales.com where they find enough selection and they find a car. So, already you have a weaker network there and then of course advertisers often will advertise on their own website they'll often do it in different places so you have a weaker network there as well that reduces pricing power and increases competitive threat so as a result i think seek is less good quality than the. oh there he goes and hence for me i guess it's probably a hold i i would prefer the others
1: okay there we go back in back just in time for the uh for the uh bottom line Hey, Claude, let's talk about Nearmap. Um, this is a controversial one, right? And I'm going to put it out there that I own shares in Nearmap. Um, although I, I did buy it 36 cents back in 2015, just saying. Um, but before you think I'm a genius, there's a lot of bad sell decisions along the way here. The question today is that was then, this is now, what would you do today with Nearmap?
2: Uh I guess Nearmap for me is a sell. I have sold it. I I think, as you know, we were both shareholders in this. Uh, I guess perhaps it's getting closer to a buy now, but uh, my problem with Nearmap again, it's it's a matter of relative quality. If we look, Nearmap is often considered next to a bunch of other software stocks, Um, but those other software stocks oftentimes have far less expenses in terms of having um, to fly planes around and and constantly get photos, uh, basically. And um, you see that in their long-term performance versus um, Nearmap's long-term performance, uh, Andrew, I think you agree that some of the other software companies we've owned for a, or for a similar period of what you've owned Nearmap have done even better. Don't now, you Nearmap, dare mention
1: the one that starts sale. with
2: P. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but ne- we we but we both bought Nearmap at around the same time. We both bought. Um, other good software stocks at around the same time but the, the the problem for Nearmap has been they need to keep on diluting um their shareholders in and I don't know why they do it so much I wish they I would be still a holder if they didn't dilute so much so many times people have been saying oh they're not going to dilute anymore blah 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 and then they dilute more and more and more to me something is wrong there so I'm not saying it's a bad business and it's totally investable in my mind but I was buying shares at 50 cents not two dollars and I was actually selling above two dollars and even I think a bit below two dollars this needs to come down a fair way for me to find it attractive just because I rate it as a medium quality software business at best mm-hmm. maybe maybe even towards the low side so mm-hmm. that's why it's not a buy for me okay. probably I have to say sell because it's literally in the range where I think I sold it
1: fair enough that's not mm-hmm. uh, that's that's fine uh what
0: yeah. do you think Rudy? I was a shareholder at one stage I'm no longer a shareholder no intention going back I think it's a void, mm. it's something, something mm. different. Yep. Uh, uh, I own zero, not profitable, uh, using all of their cash flow to expand their operations. NearMap is trying to do the same thing, but less successful. That's the that's, that's long and the short of it. That expansion story has, has changed over time, and they've actually had to scale it back forcefully because they're basically spending too much money and not, not getting enough in. They're doing okay in the US, aren't they? Uh, are they really? Well, oh, seems may to me. Maybe, maybe OK is OK, but obviously uh, that's been priced out the share price now, mm. that they're no longer having that, that blue sky in the US and, and they basically can't afford it. Mm. And, and to make it matters worse, you now have uh, arguably uh, more intense competition and competition is the worst enemy of the shareholder. I mean, mm. it's, it's that simple. Uh, Why, well, right, if, if we do get higher bond yields, then technology stocks that are not profitable uh, will probably h- be hit hardest. So I, I would say the, the overall risk to the share price here, in particular if there was any hint of a disappointment, mm. look for example at Altium and Apple what mm. happened, mm-hmm. um, the risks are elevated. So I would basically say avoid. There are much better, much less risky propositions out there and maybe at some point, if they get it right, they're
1: back a buy, but not in this context, I don't Okay, think. fair enough. You guys are allowed to be wrong. We'll give you that. Uh, we'll give
2: you that luxury.
1: <laughs> let's talk what, what about. Does, I
2: just want to know one question though. I mean, when's the next capital raising? That, that's yes. the thing you've got to worry about as a yes. shareholder. When yes. is it, and what price is it at? Maybe that's the time to exit, yes. to it, enter rather. I Definitely. Don't know. And that's the
0: difference between zero and, and zero doesn't need to raise capital anymore. Mm. They get enough cash in. Nearmap doesn't.
1: In a few weeks, I'll be on the other side of the desk <laughs> and uh, it'll be me <laughs> showing up all the time and uh, I'll, maybe the new map will come up again. Um, let's talk. Or, last or, stop. or Point Tower, maybe. Uh, or maybe... Oh, but. Don't go there. Okay, let's let's and very quick, guys. This is a one-minute answer each, and I think we can afford to do this one because hour. Frontier Digital Ventures has come up a lot. We were wow. talking about network effects and classified businesses. Well, this is one for emerging markets. For example, yeah. they've got they've got uh, an online classified business in Pakistan, amongst yeah. other places. It's very popular on the show as a general rule, but very quickly, Claude, buy, sell, or hold.
2: Uh, Look, I I don't have any view. Let let me just say this. Like, I recently bought and sold this because it was getting hyped up massively as like a huge stock for 2021. I could, I guess that it was going to be promoted by certain people. They promoted it. The share price shot up 20% in a day. I sold my shares. Now the share price is back down to where it was before the promotion. This company has a whole bunch of early stage stocks that have that potential blue sky kind of, you know, they're trying to be, um these uh you know similar to car car sales real estate and that sort of thing but in in you know africa or south america or whatever right so it's very speculative i don't have a long-term view on them but what i say is what determines the share price of this company is sentiment and hype and storytelling at the moment so if my only approach to this stock is to like gauge the sentiment try and buy when sentiment is about to go up and definitely sell before it goes back down right now i still reckon it's pretty high sentiment so i'll be avoiding it for the next little while Um, and i need way more data about the actual businesses individually not together before i could really value it they give a lot of up, down view so hold it, thank, thank, th- th- thanks yeah. che- che- it thanks for thanks for chewing in my time Lord. <laughs> now rudy you've got three <laughs> it's seconds a double left. avoid double avoid, <laughs> double
0: avoid. <laughs> I, mean, I, I i was thinking about what's that name of the company that that's in latin america because i know icar asia we have oh, and there's yes. one latin america latin american authors that's it i mean history shows you those are not great investments yeah the, the markets are operating much more difficult to uh, uh, to become a success in and probably takes a lot more time.
1: Okay. So
0: hype is not a reason to buy a stock in my view. I
1: like, that. I'm going to get that on a t-shirt. Hype is not a reason to buy a stock. No. I like that. Um, that <laughs> words to live by John, hopefully that has helped you. Yeah. Thanks for sending that one in. Let's do a real quick summary here. Ridley Corporation, two thumbs down tough sector to be in. Sonic Healthcare. Claude likes this one. The most enthusiastic he's been of all the stocks on here today. Although it is more of a hold than a buy uh, just because of uh, price considerations. Uh, Rudy was less enthusiastic thinking that you really have to take a view on COVID and the testing volumes going forward from here, which he's not too certain on. So for that reason, it's not a buy from him. Uh, I should have mentioned with Ridley Corp, that's kicked out of the portfolio. That wasn't the portfolio. It's definitely not in the portfolio anymore after today. Seek, another business that's a really phenomenal track record, but uh, it's just in terms of these network businesses, both of our experts like Car Sales and REA more than that. This is very much a story on China. There's a bit of uncertainty there, there's a lot in the price. It was a hold at best. We then got to Nearmap. Uh, Claude and Rudy go gave this a strong buy recommendation, they love it. No, I'm lying. Um, there's a void from both of those guys. They don't like it. This guy's raising capital hand over fist. Uh, there's probably better options out there, according to those gentlemen. Like Andrew likes. And Andrew then finally, likes. I don't like it that much, but I feel as though I have to add some uh, some some context. Sorry, uh, and then we've got the Frontier Digital Ventures. Just let's be very careful here. I don't want afterwards Andrew, you know, Andrew's favorite stock. It's totally not. Um, Frontier Digital Ventures, we ended up on there. That was an avoid. Tough area uh, of uh, or to operate in an emerging I, market. Not a reason to buy a stock. That that is it. That is my new motto. Yeah, exactly. Well, that that is it for today, Claude. Always good for you to dial in. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you, mate. Thanks for hosting these shows. It's been great.
1: Make sure you follow uh, Claude on Twitter and check out his website at A Rich Life. Some really great content there. Speaking of great content, you'll also get plenty from Rudy, also quite active on Twitter and some good stuff from FN Arena too. So please do check out what they are doing. Uh, Remember, you can check out our portfolio anytime you like by going to the address that you all know so well and keep sending those suggestions in. Koshi will be here next week to bring some maturity and some uh, respectability back to the program, which is badly needed. Uh, So make sure you join us there. And until then, thank you very much, and we'll see you again soon.
2: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,